Our lesson this morning comes from the third chapter of Luke, verses 7 to 20. I'll be reading from the Message Translation by Eugene Peterson. When crowds of people came out for baptism because it was the popular thing to do, John exploded. Brood of snakes, what do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? Do you think a little water on your snake skins is going to deflect God's judgment? It's your life that must change, not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as father. Being a child of Abraham is neither here nor there. Children of Abraham are a dime a dozen. God can make children from stones if he wants. What counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? Because if it's dead wood, it goes on the fire. The crowd asked him, well, then what are we supposed to do? If you have two coats, give one away, he said. Do the same with your food. Taxmen also came to be baptized and said, Teacher, what should we do? He told them, No more extortion. Collect only what is required by law. Soldiers asked him, And what should we do? He told them, No shakedowns, no blackmail, and be content with your rations. The interest of the people was now building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this John be the Messiah? But John intervened, I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life, a fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. There was a lot more of this, words that gave strength to the people, words that put heart in them. The message. But Herod, the ruler, stung by John's rebuke in the matter of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, capped his long string of evil deeds with this outrage. He put John in jail. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Tom, for reading that so beautifully. It's not every liturgist that gets to say brood of vipers, huh? Brood of snakes. <laughs> yeah, so this um, third Sunday of Advent is always the, the Sunday of joy in, in in the Latin church, they refer to it as Gaudete. That's why we have the pink candle. And um, John the Baptist calling people snakes. Doesn't sound very joyful, does it? But ultimately, he gets there. Joy is um, something that we sometimes feel, but we don't always feel. Um, and in the culture in which we live, we want to project that joy all the time, even when we really are not feeling very joyful. Uh, Miriam, you want to put that slide up? So this is from someone's Christmas card. Isn't that beautiful? Three joyful kids holding J-O-Y. That's a keeper. That's, that's the shot. I don't know how many hours it took to get that shot, but but they got it. Let's go to the next slide. 
There's another family. <laughs> Didn't quite get the shot. <laughs> but I'm so glad they kept it. Because that, in some ways, is more of a, an honest reality of, you know, sometimes preparing for Christmas is not always joyful, and sometimes our kids are not always joyful. Sometimes our parents and adults are not always filled with joy. But that's a helpful picture to kind of realize that we hold these things in balance. The good news of Christ is a joy-filled message. And yet, at times, our lives are not filled with joy. And our world is not filled with joy. And we, we hold both of those realities. You know, um, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness, from which we get the word happens, haphazard, happenstance. When things are happening well, we're happy. If things are not happening well, we're not happy. Joy, on the other hand, is much deeper and much more spiritual. Joy comes from knowing that this mystery we refer to as God is with us in the midst of the mess of our lives, in the midst of our sadness, in the midst of our grief, we can experience joy because it comes not from things happening in our favor. It comes from knowing that God is with us. That's the message of the incarnation. God did not fix everything. God said, I'm going to be with you in everything. And that makes all the difference. Now, I'm very aware of people's sadness and discomfort and grief. Yesterday, we had a blue Christmas service right here in the sanctuary, and we acknowledged the honest landscape through which many of us walk. And it really has to do with expectations and hopes that are not being met, a relationship is not what it used to be. Our expectations of church and Christianity at this time in our lives are not being met. Our expectations of our country and our government may or may not be being met. Our glimpse of the world and the chaos that seems to be in every news cycle makes us anxious. Our hopes for what we thought life would be like at this season of our lives is not being realized. And yet, God is with us in the midst of all that. Thomas Merton, 
has a quote that's on the top of your bulletins that may illustrate some of this reality. He writes, into this world, this demented inn, in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ comes uninvited. Do you ever feel like you're living in a demented inn that may be overcrowded and no room for any love or grace or peace or joy? into this world, this demented inn, in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ comes uninvited. This third Sunday of Advent, where we are reminded to get in touch with that part of us that is joyful, that part of us that knows God is with us. We wonder, well, how do we get there? Some feel very far from joy, and they're just in touch with fear, anxiety, worry. And joy seems like a stranger. John the Baptist may have a clue for us, a hope for us, an encouragement for us. One, he says, change is possible. He, he calls the people coming down to be baptized, you're a brood of snakes, you're a brood of vipers. What makes you think a little water on your skin is going to help you? The change that baptism is, is from the inside out. And then he says, the one who's coming after me is the one who's really the one who will bring change. That may be good news to someone here. Change is possible. Change from the inside out is possible. Feeling stuck in life as we know it does not necessarily have to have the last word. Because God, the God of Jesus, wants to bring change and transformation from the inside out, all the garbage of our lives, this particular scripture says, will be put out to the curb. You don't need it anymore. Let the garbage of our lives go. God wants to interact with our true selves, not the falsehoods. The truth of who we are in God. And so John has a, a tip for us. He says, if you have two coats, give one away. Give it to someone who's in need of a coat. If you have more food than you can possibly eat, then give some away to those who are hungry. And that will bring joy. That kind of life will bring joy not only to the recipient, but to the giver. And you can extrapolate from two coats. Truth be told, I have more than two coats. Do you? 
whatever it is that we have plenty of, give it away. Give it to someone in need, and that may bring us joy. And maybe you came to church today to hear someone say to you, you were meant for joy. You were created for joy, to live through this flow of God's joy at life itself. Have any of you read the book of Joy by Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama? Anybody read this? Ooh, I highly recommend it. Makes a nice Christmas gift. Let me read you just one brief passage because someone asked Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama, how can we feel joy when there's so much suffering in the world? When there's so much despair, how dare we give ourselves permission to feel joy at all? And Desmond Tutu responded with this. Hey, remember you are not alone and you do not need to finish the work. It takes time. But we are learning. We are growing. We are becoming the people we want to be. It helps no one if you sacrifice your joy because others are suffering. We people who care must be attractive, must be filled with joy so that others recognize that caring, that helping and being generous are not a burden, they are a joy. Give the world your love, your service, your healing, but also give it your joy. This, too, is a great gift. And so, what joy you have, share it. And if you're feeling like joy is far away from you, then pray for joy. Five minutes a day this week, pray for joy. Our own joy, or perhaps someone you love who is feeling far from joy, pray for them, that they might know joy, even glimpses of it. A joy that is so deep that it comes from knowing they're not alone, knowing they're part of God's big picture, whether they believe it or not. The other thing that brings us joy, and I close with this, is praying however you pray. Because in praying, we realize that we're not alone in this, and we realize that we're part of God's bigger picture. And we realize that we're not alone with one another, that God has given us people with whom we journey, with whom we seek God, with whom we serve God. And so I invite you now to write down a prayer, whatever the prayer is. Maybe it's a prayer asking for God's help with something or someone. Maybe it's a prayer of gratitude. Maybe it's a prayer of joy. Maybe it's a prayer of despair. Write it down. 
If you don't have one of these, I'll ask some of the ushers to hand some of these out. Just raise your hand and we'll bring a prayer dove to you. And if you need something to write with, just ask your neighbor for something. Maybe there's a pencil or two in front of you in the pew racks. I see some people making it over to the crayon table. You can even do this in crayons. But there's something that happens when we pray. And we're going to put these prayers on the Christmas trees on the sides of our sanctuary. And what will be something that brings us solace is that we will realize we are not alone in our praying. We are not alone in our worrying. We are not alone in our faithfulness. That God has led us into this community of faith with whom we can pray, with whom we can serve, with whom we can even worry and move to a place of trust. As the Spirit leads you, I invite you to go and take one of the ornament hooks from the tables in front of these trees and place your prayers on these Christmas trees so that we can be in prayer with one another and for one another and for the whole world that God so deeply loves.